Hey everyone, and welcome to The Home Building Hero, where we help you guys become the heroes of your own home by providing you all the information that you need, whether you're building, buying, or designing your next project. I am your host, David Bellman, president of Bellman Homes, and today's topic is nine details you might overlook on your build, but you shouldn't. So this podcast is all about you guys, and I want to make sure that we are always giving you the most valuable information that we can and giving you valuable topics on building and designing your home. So today's topic is really about a lot of things that people just forget to look at when they're building. And it's a lot of little details, but they're little things that you can't change later, and they become annoyances for for people. And and a a lot of times they become the reasons why you might sell your home and build another one or buy another one. And they're not things that people would typically think about. So I'm going to begin with my nine details that you might overlook on your build. And uh, these are important things. So uh, if you can, write them down or uh, obviously check back into the podcast to get get all these items. But it's a good idea just to at least think about it. And you can't change everything on a home. You can't build it exactly the way you want it you know, just because of budgetary reasons and all those kind of things. But you can at least be aware of it. And in some of these cases, if they are items that are going to, you know, affect you in the future or bother you, there's things that you should probably look at changing and incorporating into your plans. So let's begin. The first detail that you might not want to overlook is the width of hallways in your home. And this is not only like a hallway, but also like your walkways between like kitchens and islands and things like that. And it's something that people always tend to just brush by. Uh, a, a hallway obviously has a certain code width, but a lot of times that's just not quite wide enough. And especially in areas by doorways where you, you know, or have corners it's really important that you've got enough width there to navigate, you know, whether you're bringing furniture in your home or whether you're walking in and out of that area all the time. Think about like a kitchen and if if the kitchen is right, you know, in line with your back hall and you've got a big refrigerator sticking out and things like that, all of a sudden that area gets pretty tight. And if you're walking through there all the time, that can be a huge annoyance for someone if it's not designed with enough space. And a lot of times it's easy to add a little bit more space to your hallway. Um, I believe code is 36 inches. Uh, on our homes, I know we typically go 40 inches just to make the hallways feel a little bit more spacious. And it's amazing what that extra couple inches, what that does for the feel of the home. It doesn't feel like you're in a cave as much. All right, so that's the first detail that you don't want to overlook. The second detail that you don't want to overlook is the ceiling heights. And it's important to look at your plans of your home and and see what the ceiling heights are going to be throughout the home. And it's very easy to just overlook that. And, um, you know, you may have looked at a model home or something and it may have nine or ten foot ceilings in the model, but that doesn't mean that's how the house comes. So you want to check and make sure that Whatever ceiling height you're seeing in the model is also the ceiling height that you find in your plans. And and realize that once you set that ceiling height, that's that's the height of it. And, and it, you can't change it. You can't go back and put a lift on your house and make it bigger. So if your house has got an eight-foot ceiling, 
and you're a tall person, you may not like that. You may want to go with a nine foot or um, in, in some cases, rooms like family rooms might have um, a step down or they may have a, a, you know an area where the ceiling is raised above and you might have a 10 or 11 foot ceiling. So pay attention to those ceiling heights and then also just look at the design of the ceiling and see how the ceiling comes. Is it is it a flat ceiling? Does it have you know a little slope to it? Is it, is it a tray ceiling? Is, is it a... Um, you know, a vaulted ceiling. And it should say on the plan what the height is. And that's good information to know, just so that you kind of know what the space is going to feel like. Because again, you can't change that later. And a lot of times people overlook that. And and many of these new plans have multiple different ceiling heights. You might have a foyer with a 10 foot ceiling, and then it's eight foot ceiling in the hallway. And and then you go in another room, and it's 10 foot in the center, nine foot on the edge of the ceiling. And the hallway is eight foot. So you can have lots of different ceiling heights, maybe even a two-story room with a 17-foot high ceiling. So look at the plan. It should tell you what the ceiling heights are. Make sure those are the heights that you are anticipating and that if there is a design in the ceiling that you're happy with that design in the ceiling. Because once it's on the plans, it gets out to the trades and it gets built that way and you don't want to have it messed up. The next detail that you might not want to overlook is the number of closets in the home and the amount of closet space that you have. And people tend to overlook this all the time. They might look at the master bedroom closet, say, well, do I have enough room for my clothes? But a lot of times they don't look at the other closets in the home, namely broom closets, coat closets, things like that. And it can be very frustrating when you have some of these homes that don't even have a front hall closet, or they have a very tiny little broom closet in the back hall, no coat closet, nowhere to put your shoes, no extra storage. So look at the closets and try and figure out how you're going to fill those closets and how you're going to utilize those closets in each area of the home to make sure that you have enough space. You know, if you're a family that does a lot of outdoors activities and you've got lots of shoes and boots and coats, you're probably going to want a larger backhaul closet or some cubbies or things like that at a minimum. You know, if you like to bulk buy, you're going to probably want to have a walk-in pantry. Um, if you have a lot of guests over, you're going to want to make sure you got a nice big front hall closet and maybe a place for them to put their shoes um, and, and, and put them out of the way. So you definitely want to think of those things. There's nothing worse than going into somebody's house, walking in the front door and tripping over 20 pairs of shoes. And uh, it's not a good look. It's not how you want to get into a party. So um, look at those things when you design your home. Make sure that you have enough closet space. You know, if you have, let's say, a daughter and she's really into clothes, you know, don't don't settle for a three or four foot sliding closet for her bedroom closet. You're probably going to need a bigger walk-in closet where maybe maybe you got a younger boy or something and doesn't have a lot of clothes. You know, maybe he can have the room with a smaller closet in it. And, uh, you know, kind of plan around it that way. Make sure that you have places for all your linen, linens and things. And then also make sure that, you know, you've got plenty of storage space, whether it's in back hall or in the kitchen area, wherever that may be, to put your cleaning supplies, your brooms, your vacuums, and those kind of things. Because it's not fun to have all that stuff just sitting out all over your house. The next thing that you don't want to overlook, detail on your plans, is your kitchen flow and its layout. And this is one thing that surprises me that people don't pay much more attention to it. But look at where exactly the appliances are placed in the kitchen relative to the sink, relative to the dishwasher. Make sure that you've got a good flow for that. Uh, I've seen houses where you have a refrigerator and then right on the opposite side of it, you have a dishwasher. 
So if you have the refrigerator open, you can't have the dishwasher open because they would bang into each other. That's a bad layout. That's not something that you want to have. You want to be able to have it where the dishwasher is right next to the refrigerator, or not the refrigerator, sorry, the dishwasher is right next to your sink so that you can rinse out your dishes and then put them, you know, right in the dishwasher. And then make sure that when you're emptying the dishwasher that the main dishes that you would normally take in and out of the dishwasher are right next to, you know, that cabinet's right next to the dishwasher so that you've got an easy working area. And then make sure that you can access your refrigerator and your stove in a good pattern where you can, you know, go grab some meat out of the refrigerator and and go over to the the stove, you know, maybe simply by turning or taking a step or two, not walking all the way around an island or some sort of crazy setup. You want to make sure that those two are close together. And likewise, that your refrigerator is in a reasonable location to get to your sink because a lot of times you'll be pulling fruits or vegetables out. You may want to rinse them out um, or you're pouring out old milk or something. You want to have that somewhat nearby the sink so that you've got, you know, ideally what they, they say is you want to have sort of that working triangle with those three things, you know, your sink, your refrigerator, and your stove all in kind of a triangle so that you can access them. But beyond that, you want to make sure that your kitchen flows well. You know, you have to imagine that there might be other people in your home, maybe that aren't currently in your home standing there and how are you going to work around them and work through that if, if somebody's standing in one spot does it block off your entire kitchen um are, are they you know in danger are they in the way if you turn around and uh you know you're working on a stove and somebody's like right on top of you is there enough space in there does it flow well once you put the refrigerator in is there room for people to walk by it um maybe even when the doors open is you know how does everything flow in there make sure that it works for you you know, and of course, if you're left-handed, you're going to want things opposite. You know, especially if both of you are left-handed in the home, um, you may want to do things opposite so that you're working in the direction that you feel comfortable in as well. So make sure that you look at the layout of the kitchen and make sure that it flows and it lays out the way that you think you would use it. Think about how you cook now and, and try and bring that into your next plan. The next thing you don't want to overlook in your next build is look at the swings of your doors. How do your doors swing? You know, people don't pay attention to that and it can be a huge nuisance. You know, if your door is swinging, you know, to your bathroom, like into your bedroom, let's say, which is kind of an odd setup, but some houses have that, you know, that door might be swinging right where you're going to put your um, your your armoire or, or your um, clothes drawer. And now you can't put it there because the door is going to swing right into it. So you've got to look at that. Or if, let's say, the door swings into your bathroom and it swings right out in front of your shower, then you got to make sure that door is shut every single time you're taking a shower. Otherwise, you know, it's in the way. Um, a lot of times doors will swing in front of something like a towel cabinet, which you're not going to be going into all the time. But make sure that door doesn't swing in front of your vanity. You know, because again, a lot of times people leave the door open maybe to let some of that warm air out of the bathroom uh, or that humidity out. And all of a sudden that, that door is open and it's in front of a vanity. That can be a huge issue, a huge problem for you down the road. So look at those kind of things. You know, look at even things like a pantry, you know, if the door swings into the pantry, is it is it blocking the shelves or can you swing it out? Would that work better? 
Or maybe if it swings out, that blocks your traffic flow. So you got to look at how you're going to flow through the home and how you're going to use it. Definitely consider door swings. There's no rule of thumb on a lot of these other than just make sure that it works for you. Um, sometimes just flipping the door the other way makes a huge difference. So it could be swinging into the room and that's the way you want it. But you may want to have the door on the opposite side of, of that opening and it'll work better from a, a layout standpoint and a traffic flow standpoint. So definitely consider the door swings. The next thing people overlook all the time is lighting. Do you have enough lighting? It's so much easier to put it in right away than it is to try and add it after the fact. You know, if you do a lot of reading in your family room and your family room has no recess lights or no other ceiling lights other than lamps, you're probably going to be pretty disappointed. It's going to be dark. So maybe look at adding a couple light fixtures or some recessed lights there. Um, if you've got a long hallway and there's only one fixture in the hallway, well, on the ends of the room, it's going to be dark. So maybe you've got to look at maybe adding an extra fi fixture and sliding them around a little bit. Those are really important things to do. Even things like kitchens. Look at, see, do you have enough recessed lights in there? Do you have enough ceiling fixtures in there? And sometimes you've got to add one. You know, in a bathroom, look at your shower. Do you have light above your shower? You might have a beautiful, bright vanity light, but the shower is around the corner and all of a sudden that's really dark. That can be very annoying if you don't have enough bright light there. So maybe you've got to add a recessed can there. Or if your commode area, your toilet area is off in a corner, a lot of times there's not a ceiling light there. So maybe you want to add a ceiling light there. Those are simple things. They don't cost a ton of money to do it right away unless, of course, you're buying a really expensive light fixture. So definitely consider, do you have enough lighting in your plan? It's always better to add a little bit more because you can always throw a dimmer on and turn it down or put a second switch in there and only switch on one or two of the lights versus all of them. So a lot of options there. Better to put a little bit more in than not enough. The next thing you want to over, you may overlook when you're, rather, when you're looking at a home is your room locations. So for instance... If you have a laundry room and you have the master bedroom and it's right next to the laundry room and it's on the sharing the common wall, you're probably not going to like that very much unless you've insulated that wall because let's say someone throws a load of laundry in late at night and you go to bed and all of a sudden you hear this thunking of the dryer all night. Now maybe some people like that noise and they, they want that to fall asleep, but more, than, more, more often than not, that's not the case and you're not going to want that there. So you want to look at adjacent rooms you know if there's two bedrooms right next to each other and you have a teenager and you have an infant that's probably not a good setup because one of one of the other ones is going to wake the other one up all the time and there's going to be a lot of unhappiness there and uh, the term sleep like, sleeps like a baby isn't always true so you know look in at least see is there a closet between the rooms because sometimes just putting a simple closet in and getting that extra airspace and the clothes between it will make it a lot quieter but otherwise, is there a different way to lay it out? Could you put the bathroom between the two bedrooms so that at least there's there's something else there to, to kind of buffer the sound? And of course, then once you look at those common walls, do you need to insulate between those walls? Because that can definitely reduce the noise in those rooms. So the next thing that you don't want to overlook is look at your entry points of the home, your entry and exit points of your house. And consider the way that you are going to typically go in and out of your house. So your guests may come in the front door all the time, but most likely you're not unless your house does not have a garage. If your house has a garage, you're going to probably go in the back hall. So you want to look at how that flows. Can you easily enter and exit the home You know, and, and, and look at even your garage? 
do you have a service store there? Because if you don't and there's no service store, you go out and you want to go outside, you have to now open your garage door every time you want to go outside. Whereas if you have a service door, you know, now you can just open another door and you're right outside. You're not opening that garage door all the time and letting dirt and leaves blow into your garage while it's open. So look at those things. If you're going to spend a ton of time in the backyard, you want to make sure that you've got a good exit point onto the backyard. You know, if you're grilling and you've got to take four steps down just to get to your grill and you got a plate of hamburgers, um, that's not a good setup. You know, you don't want to be falling down the steps dropping all your food. You know, that would be a good setup to have a nice flat deck so you can walk right out on a nice even surface. Um, so look at those things. I mean, if you're going to be outside a lot, you want to make sure that you've got a very good, easy to use door that's easy to lock and opens up nice and wide. But look at those entry points and make sure that you've got enough space there and that it's going to work properly. The other thing is look at your front door. Make sure that you know that's typically the door that you're going to bring your big furniture in. Make sure that it's a big enough door. Make sure that there's a clear path that you can come in the home maybe spin something around if you have to go upstairs is the staircase fairly accessible from that front door so that you're not you know trying to shoehorn and bend and break things just to get them into your home nobody wants that it's not fun to deal with moving in huge pieces of furniture uh, around tight corners and things like that and the next thing that you want to look at and the last item that you don't want to overlook is Look at your outlets and your switch locations. Most builders will include this on their plans. If they don't, you should ask for a layout, an electrical layout, because although they may change from the blueprint, it's very important to know where your switches are and where and how many outlets you have because nothing is more of a nuisance than when you're in a room, let's say it's an office, and you set your desk up and, oh, I'm going to put it on this wall, it's going to be perfect, and then you look and there's no outlets anywhere nearby. And even though your desk fits perfectly on that spot, now you're running cords across the room or along the side of the room. And that's just not a good look for a brand new house. It's not something that you want to have. So you're going to want to look at how many outlets you have. Do you have enough? And where have you put them? You know, again, inexpensive to add a few more. You know, if you know you're going to put a desk there and you've got lots of things to plug in, maybe you want to go instead with um, a double outlet. Maybe you go with a quad outlet with extra extra plugs in it. Or um, look at the switches. You know, if you've got French doors and the doors open up into the room, and your switches are on the back side of those doors, that means you got to have your doors closed just to get at your switches. Again, that's an, a, a nuisance. Maybe you have to have the switch put on the other side. Many builders will do an electrical walkthrough with you um, or they'll have you do a walkthrough with uh, an electrician and a lot of times you can spot out those those challenges or those issues but it's really important to look at those things. Look at your switches. Is Do you want your room set up where all outlets are hot meaning that when you flip the switch nothing really happens. The outlets are always going to work or do you want it set up for lamps where one of the outlets is always live and the other one only goes on when the light switch turns on. They do have symbols and nomenclature for that on the plans, and you can ask your builder or your electrician about that to make sure that your outlets and switches are set up just the way that you want them. So that, you know, again, you don't want to have somebody come back and fix this stuff for you because it gets expensive. You want to try and get it right the first time. So I hope you guys have found this to be super informative. We went over the nine different things that you don't want to overlook when you build your home. I'm going to run through them again really quickly. So your hallway widths your ceiling types and heights, the number of closets and where they are in your house, 
the flow and layout of your kitchen, how your doors swing. Do you have enough lighting in different areas? How is the main way that you're going to enter and leave your home? Are rooms positioned properly or are quiet rooms adjacent to noisy rooms? And then how many switches and outlets and what are their locations? If you can look through those items and solve those issues, you're going to enjoy your home plan so much more. So I hope this episode has been super helpful for you guys. And of course, if you enjoyed the podcast, please make sure that you are subscribed to us on your Apple Podcast app. And if you want to engage with the Home Building Hero, we'd love to hear from you. So please give us your comments. All you have to do is go onto our website, homebuildinghero.com. Just fill out one of the forms in the front of the website and you can send over questions, you can send over comments or future topics that you'd like to hear about. And of course, we do have some of our episodes listed on the website so you can always go find some of the other ones that you might have missed. And we have new episodes coming out every Monday, every Wednesday, and every Friday. So lots of content always coming out. And of course, thank you again for the support. We appreciate it so much and we, get, we will talk to all of you very soon.